Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening in this beautiful blue marble that we like to call Planet Earth. Mother Earth, how are you all doing today? Welcome to a special edition to Diplomacy and Sneakers. It's your boy Dre, your favorite diplomat in Jordans. And right now it is Wednesday, um, the day after the election. This is a special um, episode of Diplomat and Sneakers. Excuse me, Diplomacy and Sneakers because... No theme music, no anything. I just wanted to get on this mic and just speak from my heart. And it's just one of those things that has me baffled in the in literal sense. I mean, it's not much to say about the election. The election is the election. Um, the election is, is what it's going to be. I mean, yes, so you have two presidential candidates fighting for the for the highest office in the world or highest office in the land, if you want to call it the most powerful person on earth, if you want to say see it that way. In one of the mo- one of the most dominant countries in the er- on Earth, I like I can't say dominant, I can't say powerful because China is right is right behind us or even ahead of us in this day. But I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm not here to talk about any of this stuff of red blue party system. I'm not here to say anything about that. More so, I'm just coming from the top of my head, from the heart. No script, no anything. And first of all, just let me understand this. I'm a 36-year-old black male, highly educated. I've had one of the greatest um, jobs in the world. I, I used to be a U.S. diplomat at one point. I, I'm now working in a Fortune 500 company. But I still have these views and understand the fact that I am from South Carolina. I grew up in the rural area of, of Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to Hopkins. Um, basically a little closer to Columbia. And one of the things that I do notice in that I'm back home, of course, I'm mean, having this having to speak to you all about this is that I'm sad. I'm not sad of the point of what's going on in the election. I'm just sad for us because, and I think it was best said by uh, one of the great South Carolinians of of all. Or one of the great South Carolinians is um, Mr. Uh, Charlemagne the God, or like I say, Linda McCabe, and he said it best. And on his tweet as well as his Instagram, he said, "America is who we thought." She was. Let that, I'm going to let that sink in. America is who we thought she was. And it took a while for, me for that to sink into me. Um, not quite because I grew up in South Carolina. I grew up in one of the most racist states in America. And for those who don't even understand what racism is, especially to like a lot of my overseas colleagues, if you're listening or whatnot, um, racism is bad. <laughs> racism is, is always going to be here. It's always here. But it's just one of those things that you can't put on one person. You can't, and that's one thing that I do see as in, we look at our President Donald Trump. Yes, does he have racist, narcissistic qualities? Hell yes, pardon my language. He does. I'm not gonna, I cannot deny that because I see with my own two eyes. But I'm, but I'm looking at a country that cares more so about their party than their beliefs. Now, I'm the, I'm the type of person I say, I don't care about your party. I say, like you said, vote for your interests. Vote for that, for that person that you believe would carry out your interests. One, five of my main interests is this, this right here. Reduce spending. Especially in military. I know to my, mil- to my military friends and family, to, my, to all of them, I understand the point, but we spend way too much on military. And a lot of this money don't even get to, you all don't even see it goes to Building weapons for what? We're not in a war. Sorry. 
I want to see more so more small businesses and more grants for 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 starting small businesses. These are things that I want to see, especially in these neighborhoods that need it the most. Look at the neighborhoods that have the most worst social economic areas of our, of our areas. I mean, especially deep in the south where there where there is no employment possibility. They want to say job reports. I'm like, I don't see no jobs. We need small businesses because we need to be able to have our own. Third thing is education. Education is needed. Education is a must. It's not about private school. It's not about all of the factors that goes into education. But we need more. Teachers need to be paid more. We need more fundings. This goes on a, on a federal, also a state level as well. Everything that everything I'm saying right now. The fourth thing is healthcare. Yes, people don't believe in social. People don't believe in the socialistic type of healthcare as in you know universal healthcare. Hell, to me that's that is not a right. Excuse me, huh, excuse me. That is not a privilege. That is a right for your people. There should nobody be homeless who 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 cannot who cannot have health care. There should not be anybody who goes around hungry. That is a must and a need. And if we're able to spend over five hundred billion dollars on a on a military, we are able to take a hundred billion of that, pump it, and be able to do something for these people who need it the most. My fifth thing, overall, I want to see. Some plan to help Black America, help me, help us, help even even Black America, help our minorities, help my brown brothers and sisters as well, because this is needed. Far too long, the the, the boot of capital of the America of American capitalism had been on our necks, and this country has been built off the backs of slaves. Yes, Black slaves, and I say that with the strongest. Um, emphasis on it because at the end of the day people say oh oh you chose to be a slave no there was no choice yes i could have i could have yes my ancestors could have died my ancestors could have jumped off boats could have killed themselves they could have fought they could have ran maybe some of them did some of them didn't they, they was able to be successfully freed but it does not mean it does not escape the fact that america was built off of free labor and there needs there needs to be a reparation for that that is my Goal. That is what I think. And if you and if you look at it, I mean, think about it. If you had a business, there's no, there will be no, there's no overhead. There's no liability. You really have basically get free labor, and you you reap all the profits. There's nothing else you need to pay for. I mean, come on, that makes no sense. So that's that's four hundred plus years of free labor, and there there needs to be something um, given in that end. So those are my four. Those are my five things. Excuse me, but. The thing I'm really talking about that really kind of breaks my heart in sense is that that going back to that title, America is who we thought she was. Now, I want to. Um, I had a chance to listen to one of the brothers I, I, I love listening to. I love hearing him speak on 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 MS. I think it's on MSNBC or or CNN or um, one of the, one of these news channels. And I thought it was one of, not I thought it was one of the most riveting things that he said, and I would love to just um, to tell you one thing that captured my mind. And I think his name is um, uh, Brother um, Eddie Glaude. Eddie Glaude. I think mean, he, he's a t- he's a professor at Princeton University, and one of the, and one of the things he says that is that we cannot keep blaming Donald. Trump for everything that has gone wrong 
And he is absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Yes, a lot of things have happened during his time in office, but we've been this way. We've been this way for a very long time. It's just a fact, a fact that we have been we have wore that mask of ignorance. Not we, as in black folk, but no. But I'm sorry to say, my white brothers and sisters, you all have worn that mask of ignorance that, oh, this is just still happening. Perfect example, when you look at the Black Lives Matter movement and say, oh, you all have been treated that way. We're just seeing this now. No, this been happening. It's just a fact that it's easier to turn a blind eye and, and understand the point that ignorance is bliss. But no, this has been happening. This has been going on. This is one of the things that we have dealt with. The things that you think are a myth is the things that we have been living. You look at you, look, you listen. Oh, my gosh. People were killed because of your skin color. People were killed because you walked down the street wrong. All the things that you think have been the myth of the stranger in the night coming to get you or the stranger picking you up and killing you or all these worst things that you may hear we say oh don't go out don't go out in the street no guess what that happens to us that's not a myth that's that's realistic but the words that, the main word that he said is that we can't blame Donald Trump for any for a lot of this well yes yes but we can, we can see that it was him that he egged it on but a lot of stuff has been in us already and when I say us I mean America it has been in America and his exact words is that Donald Trump is the manifestation of, of the bad that has been within us. And it's true. It's so true. I don't like talking about stuff like this, but I have to, I have to speak my mind. I have to speak my truth because this is my platform. I get a chance to do it on. And one of my things is that he is what he is. We all know who he was. We all when he was elected. But look at if you look now after all that has transpired within all that has gone on so far within these almost these four years of his term in office, his vote is even closer to the other president candidate Joe Joe Biden. Now, I'm not I'm not a fan of, of any of these people. Like I said, shout out to Kamala Harris. I'm not a fan of, of this at all, but I know for a fact where where my devils are. And my lesser my lesser two evils, and I hate to say it that way, but I can't do it. And I think one of the things that kind of struck me was that I was, I was reading a poll. Um it was like a top it was like a top five poll from uh from Revolt. And it was from the person of uh, the head of um, uh, one of, one of these places in with within Revolt, and she and she had a um, a survey, and and one and one of the surveys was that the re- the reasons young people are not voting isn't that crazy? The reason young people are not voting, the reason why young people Generation Z is not casting ballots. This was, of course, this was before the race, before the um the actual voting time, but during the early early voting times. But listen, but listen to the listen to these things right here. Is that here here are the top five? I don't care about politics. I'm too exhausted by 2020. Yes, this coronavirus has kicked everyone's ass and everything that has happened within it. Yes. Third thing is that neither candidate represents my values. That is a big one. 
that is a big one. Because if there is nobody that represents your values, your beliefs, and the things that you want to vote for, how can you vote for a person? with? Because you're basically going blind. You're going off by blind trust and blind faith, which I completely understand. Another thing is that my vote doesn't matter because my state always votes for the same party. That right there is South Carolina all day. And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that a little bit later. And both candidates have sexual assault allegations. Now, this right here is bullshit to me. Pardon my language again. That is bullshit. And this is the reason why. We knew who Donald Trump was during the Clinton, during the Trump-Clinton campaign. He likes to grab women by the you-know-what. He's been known to be a chauvin, to be a chauvinistic pig. He's been known to have these, have these, these affairs with all, with all these random women. He he was a playboy in the eighties and nineties. He loved to he loved to be in magazines. This was him. We knew who he was beforehand. So for somebody to say, well, they both have sexual allegations. Why was he in the in, there in the first place? But I understand this was a younger generation who probably didn't have that chance to vote. But if if you did before, you voted him before. You're a fool if, if this is one of the five reasons why. Now getting, now, getting back to one of the things that my vote doesn't matter because my state always votes for the same party. Now, I'm going to get to Columbia, South Carolina. As we know that we have two senators, Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham. They come in Lindsey Graham, who, who basically has one South Carolina. Now, Tim Scott's a black man. I'm not going to fault you for what party you're part of. I'm going to fault you for the ideals that you spread. And yes, he does not spread the ideals that I that I believe in. And I tell people, I said, I and people say, "Was well, Ray? What kind of Republicans who who you respect?" I say, "You know something? There's a couple Republicans that, that actually do like." Um, I see my man, um, John Kasich from Ohio. At one point, I he was cool, liked him. He think he was the governor of Ohio at one point. Michael Steele, even though Michael Steele has said some crazy crazy stuff in Maryland, I had a chance to get along with a little more, had a little more respect for him. I was res- um, another person I respect and. I respect him because he stuck to his damn morals. I respect Paul Ryan, little little nuts, but but I respect his fiscal conservatism. I I really do. The Republican Colin Powell all day, every day. Most 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 respect to that man because that man he put country before party, and truth before a lie. I respect him. So these, like I said, I do have respect for Republicans. Not the fact that I hate all Republicans. No, they, it would never be that way. There's some Democrats that I can't stand. Like I'm, and I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not the fact that I don't say the fact that I don't agree with their, agree with their values or or what they stand for to an extent. I, I hate extremes. I can I don't do extreme. I don't do extreme lefts, extreme rights. I don't do that. I, I'm somewhere in that fine sweet spot of the middle, which I do, which I believe in. And but. Um, reaching back to South Carolina is that that's a sweet spot. Yes, we vote. South Carolina always would become a red state. It is what it is. And one thing that I can say is that when I look at um, Lindsey Graham and I, and I look at the person who ran against him, Jamie Harrison, I related to Jamie. Oh, gosh, yeah, I did. I mean, I had to relate, had to relate, relate to this guy. And I'm going to tell you, Jamie, shout out to you. If you are, if you ever get a chance to listen to the podcast, I would love to interview. I would love to just talk to you, man. I even interview just to talk to you. Let's have an open conversation. I know you, you was a, you're a professor at um, University of South Carolina and also part of the 
the Democratic Committee here. And one thing that I did respect for you that you ran a damn near flawless campaign. You went, you stuck to facts. You stuck to things that were truthful. You stuck to things that were, that could be looked up. You didn't say nothing about extremes. You stuck to, to your guns and you led a clean, reputable campaign. Hand, shots out to you, hands off to you. You're going to be great one day. I'm saying this now. At 7.40 p.m., the day after day after election day, you are going to be great one day. You're great now, but you, you have the chance to, you're going to go higher. I believe in that. So please keep fighting for South Carolina on that one. But also, I related to Jamie because he grew up in rural Orangeburg, South Carolina. If y'all don't know about Orangeburg, South Carolina, oh, hell. Beat about Orangeburg, there are two um, HBCUs, there, historically black university, college universities there. You have Claflin University, you have South Carolina University. Shout out, shout out to them. Two great two great institutions right beside each other. And I mean, I enjoy I enjoy going there. I enjoy talking to, to my frat brothers there as well. They, they came out, they had um, great opportunities, great jobs, and they're of course establishing fellow young men, young men, and there's also young women out there as well. But Grandpa Rule in rural Orangeburg basically grew, raised by his grandparents. Bias and in a, in a single mom, he, and if not know about Orangeburg, not much great comes out of Orangeburg, South Carolina, because it's hard. He truly made something of himself, found a way to got it to get out, got a scholarship to Yale, worked hard, came back to teach at the high school he grew up. He Oh, Bay Nice grew up in, but he, where he went to school at. Then went to Georgetown Law, became became a lobbyist. Now this is now this this right here is what really pissed me off in this campaign. People knocked him for being a lobbyist, but not knowing that your senator took has taken much money from lobbyists. But also the point he has a lobbyist is a person that they 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 lobby, they lobby for for businesses. They're the ones that try to they they try to get. Um, people, to, um, not people, but senators, the House, whatever, to kind of pass those certain bills to kind of get little certain, little, uh, like certain things um, into into that state. And so it's one of those jobs that, yes, you, sometimes it's frowned upon, sometimes it's sometimes it's not. I mean, it, it's it, it's all it all depends on how you do. I mean, but like I say, they try to influence legislation and regulation, and also a little bit of other government decisions and actions. Based on the group or individual that they represent and as hired by them. Now, you can't really do it that. You can't really fault him for that because he needed a job. This was his job. This was he was good at. This was what's his profession. Because you know something? That one thing that I noticed about him, he, as he said, I have student loans, as all of us do. He has student loans as well. He finally got a job to pay him off. Hell, he paid him off. Hell, and being a lobbyist sometimes is a good job, but also he bought certain things back to South Carolina that was well needed, from the ports to Michelin to all these other jobs. So he did he did a job, but the beauty about it is that he did it for South Carolina. You have an incumbent in there who has flipped and flopped all over the damn place. And like I said, I'm the type that if you fight for South Carolina and I, and I understand where you're coming from, 
I know how hard it is because to be as a black man, to be average, you got to work two times as hard. To be great, you got you to gotta work five times as hard. And this is one of the hard the things that kind of hurts me. This I said, there, there's no equality at all. And even when I'm looking at these two presidential candidates saying what they're promising and whatnot, I don't want to hear words. I'd rather see the action. The actions have not been have not seen actions from any president right now. And yes, shout out to Barack Obama. Love you to death, sir. But I have not seen no actions at all. Any laws that were passed, they couldn't be passed. And that's what we ask when you when you don't have the House or the Senate, guess what? Shit shit gets deaded. Pardon my language. But it's one of the things that when we look into ourselves and we see who we are, so much of the ugliness has come out of us as Americans. Sometimes that ugliness may be our, our truth. And, and our truth is what set us free. And guess what? We, we have been set free to see what we are. And I kind of told somebody this right here because if you listen to me, you know that I am not a Trump. I am not a Trump supporter at all. I don't know. If I had another person, I like, I like George Bush. I like both Bushes. I like both of them. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't fit the standards as a kid, with, which my morals were, my parents' morals. But guess what? I like them. I don't understand what, but like I said, Iraq, Iraq war, big problem. That should that should have never happened. Anyway, uh, to be back on to be back on subject is that, as you know, I don't, I'm not a Trump fan because I believe in I believe in certain things. I believe in the equality. I believe in people. I believe in us, and I believe that we have the strength to be better because we know better now. Supposedly, allegedly, that we know better. And, and, I, and I was telling, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was saying. Trump, I think, if you think of people, people always say, you're a parasite, you're a parasitic because you drain us. I said, no, look at this right here. I don't think Trump was more of a virus to us. America had to get sick. We had to, to for us to see the ugliness within ourselves. Trump was that virus that kept spreading. As you know anything about a virus, it's hard to kill a virus because they, when a virus replicates, it replicates itself in a different type of way. So imagine his word is spreading to all other people. So a little piece of him is in there, but it's a whole different person. As that begins to spread, any antiviral medicine, whether it's the House or whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement or any type of protest that, that will try to attack that virus, it will replicate itself faster. That's what's happening to America right now. America needed to be sick. We needed this cleanse. And I'm not talking about coronavirus. But this adds on. And if you don't, and I always say, tell people, I say, there's, there's certain rules I believe in. And I always say, everything happens for a damn reason. It does. This happened for a reason. This virus, this movement, these protests, and this person was needed. So, yes, I'm saying I don't like this person, but I guess what I'm saying that he, he was needed. All of this was needed because we needed to see the underbelly of America to decide that the sun does not shine on and that is not visible. That side is starting to brew up. And only way that we can get rid of something is to let it come up so we're able to catch it and destroy it. We need to destroy what we have become. This fascism, this narcissism, this this ugliness of us, this, this racially, I mean racially 
individualism, all of this stuff needs to be gone. We are not one one nation under God. We're we're we're, we're individuals under God. It's not the United States; it's the individual states because that's what we are right now. We're we are individuals, and it starts to blow my mind that we that we have come this far. And I just felt it in my heart that I need to get I need to get this through. And I just want to um, play hopefully a clip of what of what I'm talking about and kind of of what Mr. Um, Eddie God was saying. And I really get a, hope I can get a chance to, to speak to him one day in this world. But like I said, living in old South Carolina, I might not get that chance. But like I said, I tell people dreams are made by individual hard work. And I, I do believe that we are able to get a chance to see this. And hopefully, we can become better. And um, so I want, I want to leave with, these, leave with these words that Brother Eddie Glaude said. So hopefully, you can hear it. We're not unique in our evils, to be honest with you. Um, I think where we, where we may be singular is our fu- a refusal to acknowledge them. Mm. And the legends and myths we tell about our inherent, you know, goodness uh, to hide and cover and conceal so that we can maintain a kind of willful ignorance that protects our innocence. See, the thing is that when we, the Tea Party was happening, we used people, were, we were saying pundits, oh, it's just about economic populism. <laughs> it's not about race. When people knew, people knew, social scientists were already writing that what was driving the Tea Party were anxieties about demographic shifts that the country was changing, that they were seeing these racially ambiguous babies on on Cheerios commercials, that the country wasn't quite feeling like it was a white nation anymore. And people were screaming from the top of their lungs, yo, this is not just simply economic populism. This is the ugly underbelly of the country. See, the thing is, is this, and I'll say this, and I'll take the hit on it. There are communities that have had to bear the brunt of America confronting, white Americans confronting the danger of their innocence. And it happens every generation. So somehow we have to kind of, oh my God, is this who we are? And just again, another here's another generation of babies. Think about it, that two-year-old had his bro- bones broken by two parents trying to shield him from being killed. A woman who has been married to this man for as long as I've been on the planet almost lost her, lost her husband. For what? And so what we know is that the country has been playing politics for a long time on this hatred. We know this. So it's easy for us to place it all on Donald Trump's shoulders. It's easy for us to place Pittsburgh on his shoulders. It's easy for me to place Charlottesville on his shoulders. It's easy for us to place El Paso on his shoulders. This is us. And if we're going to get past this, we can't blame it on him. He's a manifestation of the ugliness that's in us. I've had the privilege of growing up in a tradition that didn't believe in the myths and the legends because we had to bear the brunt of them. Either we're going to change, Nicole, Oh, we're going to do this again and again, and babies are going to have to grow up without mothers and fathers, uncles and aunts, 
friends while we're trying to convince white folk to finally leave behind a history that will maybe, maybe, or embrace a history that might set them free from being white. Finally. Yeah. Listen to that with those words. And I use a lot of those words today, especially when I use the word underbelly in the myths, because it's all true. And I want to leave you all with this because my time is almost up. At the end of the day, it's not about the hatred or things. Because I love everyone. I love you all. My white brothers and sisters, my black brothers and sisters, my brown brothers and sisters. It's just a fact that matters that your brown and your black brothers and sisters need a little more help. Not because not because we are that we can't do it ourselves, it's because that we've been oppressed for so long that when we do it ourselves, we get nowhere because of the things that continuously try to happen. I love y'all. I love all of us. I love the world. I've seen the world. I've been to 20 plus countries. I've seen faces that look like mine that didn't speak my language. I've seen everything which is the beauty of this world and I wish to point that when I look at America when I look at us when we can sit there and look at each other smile give a hugs at the corona of course and I can tell my brothers and sisters of all races all colors creeds religions that one day I can say this you know something we did it maybe my son maybe my daughter Maybe their kids. But to say the words that we did it, that is what I would wait for. And that is diplomacy and sneakers. Because we're we are all diplomats. We are all trying to put that diplomacy somewhere. Let us start in sneakers. This is your boy Dre, your favorite diplomat in Jordans. Love you all. Remember the saying, fear nothing and live forever. Take care of yourselves.